Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. All right. Thanks, Shay. Thanks, Josh. I got the button-up memo, but I didn't get the plaid memo. So uh, next time, next time, right? Hey, uh, welcome. Glad everybody's here. Uh, you're at Lighthouse Community, where we do help people say yes to Jesus' leadership. My name's Fritz. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Lighthouse Community. I want to welcome you here in the house, especially uh, all of our guests here today. I do want to say welcome to Bluffton Community, uh, Fostoria, our online campus. We're so glad that you guys are joining us today. Now, you might not know this, but actually, five years ago this week, February 12th, 2017, Lighthouse Community launched our very first public Sunday morning worship services, right? Like, yeah, we're, yeah, it's like, that's a good thing. So uh, we are really excited about that. So back then, we had one worship service. It was at, anybody remember the time? 10.27 a.m., that's right, so we keep it fancy. Uh, we, had, we had probably a little less than 100 people showed up, and uh, it, was, it was a day full of hope. Uh, it was a day full of excitement and joy. And while we launched on February uh, of 2017, the vision for what God might do in Hancock County started much, much earlier than that. Actually, you have to go back to 1987 when uh, a group of people started meeting in the YMCA, uh, right? It's, this is where uh, Living Hope Church, which then was known as Findlay Evangelical Free Church, uh, had got its start. And so basically there were about five families who felt God's calling to start a Bible-centric church here in Finley, and so they took a step of faith, and they did. And then um, as that church grew, they moved out of the YMCA, and in 92, they built uh, their building that's on Heatherwood Drive, um, and then did an expansion pretty quickly in 1996, and then again, uh, or excuse me, in 98, and then again in uh, 2005. And then you get to 2015, and there's this idea that gets born, and the idea is this. How could we trust God for a vision that's larger than one location? And that's really where the idea for a lighthouse community began to develop and get started. And so this group kind of came together and they started to ask questions like, how might God use a church that has truly open doors? right? Uh, doors that open in and that literally anybody who wanted to discover truth about the gospel would be welcome to do so. What if those doors also truly opened out and, and sent disciples out to share the gospel uh, in our county and in our city? Uh, questions like, could a church really be unapologetically focused on the gospel? And, and what would a New Testament church look like in the city of Findlay and in Hancock County. And so what happened in 2016, this launch team started moving things together. In the process of that, as, as a building was uh, secured here, um, it was like, hey, maybe we need a pastor. And so this group partnered with a clean-shaven young pastor coming out of uh, uh, South Florida uh, during that time. And uh, we developed this, we had this partnership with Youth for Christ to lease this building. And so what happened is between November and December of 2016, 
2016, there were 67 volunteers from the launch team and from Living Hope who gave 2,500 hours of service over just uh, two months to turn basically a gigantic barn uh, into a ministry center, right? And that's what we have today. And then on Christmas Eve, uh, we had our very first preview service. And that night, five people said yes to Jesus Christ for the very first time. And we knew God's in this, right? This is real. Um, This is real. And so what's happened over the last five years, God has grown Lighthouse Community from one service at 1027 to now there's two services here. We've launched another location down in Bluffton. Uh, There's another group meeting in Fostoria, wondering what God might do there. We've got an online campus that's literally reaching people across multiple regions, uh, multiple states, uh, pretty amazing. And so this idea, right, to, to launch this church... It's, it's a reality today. And so because of that, things like people saying yes to Jesus is normal. New believers getting baptized is normal. People having their eyes opened up to real faith and rejecting false religion is normal. Uh, people discovering their gifts and using them to serve others like Josh and Shay were talking about, that's normal. Uh, believers sharing the gospel with other people that they encounter, that's normal. Lives being transformed by the gospel and the Holy Spirit, that is all normal, right? And so we today are witnesses to the hopes and the prayers of people who laid the foundation for us. And so we are where we are today because God led a group of people to take a step of faith. And that group said yes, right? That group dove in. And that is the heartbeat of Lighthouse Community, helping people say yes to Jesus' leadership in their lives. That's what we do. It's, what, it's actually what we were made for. I don't know if you realize this, but we were created to know God. We were actually created to love him. We were made to rely on God in every area of our lives and increasingly do that the more we know him and the more we walk with him. That's actually what a saying yes to Jesus' lifestyle really looks like. Now, the challenge in reality is this that there are tens of thousands of people in our county, right, our region, who are existing outside of a relationship with God. They don't know what they were really created for. They don't really know who they were created for. Now, if you've been at Lighthouse for any amount of time, you know that we typically refer to this large group as the 50,000, right? Well over 50,000 people within a 12-mile radius who simply need an opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ in their lives. And and these people, right, they're all over the spectrum. You've got some people who they're like angrily opposed to God. And any time you say anything about God or Jesus, they just get, oh, they get so angry. And then you have other people that they're just like not really even thinking about Jesus. They're not really thinking about spiritual stuff. They're kind of just living their lives. And then you have this other group of people that actually... If they had an opportunity, they're very open. They would actually say yes to following Jesus Christ. It's simply that no one has invited them yet. No one has been clear 
to speak very, very clearly with them about who Jesus is and what that looks like. And, and that is exactly what God has invited every single one of us, right? If you're a believer, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, God has invited you into this. It's what we call the rescue, right? Partnering with God to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people so that they can discover their true purpose. Um, that you and I, right, we're enjoying it every single day. Now, I get it, 50,000, that seems like a big number. It's huge, and it is. And so it's like, how do you engage in that? What does that even look like? Well, what I want you to do is I would like you to open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. That's kind of in the middle of the New Testament, or you can click over there on your device. Uh, But 2 Corinthians 3 is where we're going to be at today. We're going to see what God does in transforming the lives of people, and then how does God use us in that? Because we're not, we're, not witness, we're not spectators only. We're not witnesses only. Actually, we're participating in this whole process as well. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 12. Uh, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, but you can follow along in your version or follow on the screen behind me. And it says this, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts." But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit." Now, there's a couple of truths I'd like to pull out that I think will be helpful for us when we're seeing about what does God do in transforming the lives of people, including our own, and then how does he use us in the process of all of this as well. And so here's the first thing I'd like to point out that that Paul brings up. It's this, is that not yet believers are blind to the gospel, okay? Not yet believers, people who have not come to faith yet, are blind to the gospel, right? And so what Paul does is to help the Corinthians understand and see this truth is he points back to a moment in Exodus chapter 34. And this moment in Exodus 34, Paul says, hey, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Moses was up on the mountain with God. He's receiving the law, okay, the Ten Commandments, everything that's going to make its way into Exodus and Leviticus, uh, all of those things. Moses is receiving that. And while he's on the mountain with God, talking with him, listening, all of that, Moses' face begins to radiate with God's glory, all right? That, that's what the scriptures say. Um, and in fact, his face was glowing so much, and his face was glowing so brightly, people were freaking out, right? Like, Moses comes down, it's like, ah, and people are like, what? Like, this is not normal, right? That's way more than a pregnancy glow, right? Like, that is not, that's not normal, that's not, and it'd be normal for you to do that either, Moses. But so everybody's just freaking out. And so Moses, right, he's a problem solver. And so the way he solves this problem is he basically grabs a paper bag 
and puts it over his head, right? Cuts out a couple eye holes, walks around, got his Kroger bag on his head. But, right, well, in their version, it was called a veil, all right? So back in their day, it was actually a veil. And so this veil that Moses would wear on his face was simply a practical solution to a problem that was going on in in the community. And so Paul pointed out, he said, listen, this practical solution, the veil, actually points to a greater spiritual truth, okay? Paul said that like the veil that covered Moses' face, we all have, we start with a veil over our hearts. We all start with a veil that covers our hearts and we cannot see the gospel. And that veil is our hard-heartedness against God That veil is our blindness to the gospel, and we all begin with a veil over our hearts. That's what what Paul's saying. And he makes a point, he says, listen, in fact, a person can read the Bible from cover to cover and not ever see a need for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. You could read it from front to back, back to front. You could even memorize portions of it and miss that you need salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That was actually uh, one of the problems that the religious leaders in Jesus' day faced, right? And Jesus very clearly said to them at one point, he says, listen, you search for the scriptures, or excuse me, you search through the scriptures, but you don't see me. You don't see me in them. And that's the reason you don't have life. That's the reason you're still bitter. That's the reason you're still trying to gain power by oppressing other people and and making all of the rules, right? You don't see me. And and actually, if you go forward into chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, right? if you look at verse 4, Paul wrote that not only that, but then Satan also blinds the minds of not yet believers. He works to blind the minds of not yet believers, keeping them from seeing and understanding the gospel. And so Paul says, listen, we all start out blind to the gospel. Right? We, don't, we don't see it. And so that's a little bit discouraging. So the question comes up, well, then how, how, do, we, how do we see? How do, you, how do you combat that? Well, that's where chapter 3, verse 16 comes into play uh, of 2 Corinthians. Actually, let's do this. Let's read this passage um, out loud starting with whenever. Are you ready? Go. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. That's the solution. That's the solution. That's what Paul says. If you want to see the gospel, it actually starts with turning to the Lord. Faith in Jesus actually opens your eyes to the truth. You actually don't begin to understand until you cross the line of faith. Understanding doesn't lead to faith. Faith leads to understanding. This is what Paul is saying here, right? And so there's this moment, right, when the Holy Spirit quickens you to life, right? There's a spark that he, that he puts within your spirit that all of a sudden your eyes begin to open and you see the gospel for the very first time. You begin to see your condition as you are without God. You see how Jesus really is the only solution. You see that Jesus is the final and ultimate fulfillment and sacrifice for our sin. You begin to see the hope that Christ offers because when the Holy Spirit is calling us to faith, the veil 
gets removed from our heart. The veil gets removed from our eyes, and we begin to see for the very first time. And, and Paul says it begins with turning. It begins with turning. Now, that word turn uh, literally means to turn around and to go back, okay? To turn around and to go back. And what Paul is really writing about here is he's writing about repentance and faith. When he's talking about those, whenever you turn, Right? He's talking about repentance and faith. Now, uh, let me just very quickly paint with broad brushstrokes what repentance and faith looks like. Um, if I could put it into uh, a process with steps, I would probably point to these three steps within repentance and faith. Step one is this, right? if you're turning. Step one is you realize that you're separated from God and you're walking away from him in sin. Okay, that's the first part. You realize you're separated from God and you're walking away from him in sin. Now, the Bible refers to that recognition, that recognition, that realization. The Bible refers to that as conviction. Okay, that's conviction. And actually, it's a gift. Conviction is a gift from the Holy Spirit. That's one of his ministries. It's what he does. He helps us to see and realize that we're separated from God and we're walking away from him in, in sin, Right? And so that's step one. Step two is this. It's the turn, right? You turn around. You, you reject sin. You, you deny yourself, however you want to term that, right? But you turn around. You were walking away from God, and now you begin to see God, right? You see God. You see his offer of forgiveness, and you orient yourself towards him. Right? You put yourself in a position to, to be focused on him. Now, a lot of times what that ends up looking like is it looks like confession. It looks like worship. It looks like prayer. It looks like awe. Right? All of those things. That's step two. And then here's step three. This is actually the step that most people uh, kind of overlook. They miss. You go to step one, you go to step two. And then step three is really critical. Step three is this is you begin walking towards God. That's step three, right? It's not just recognizing you're separated from God. It's not just feeling bad and reorienting yourself, but it's actually you begin walking toward God. Now, there's something amazing, miraculous, I would even say, when you start walking toward God. As you start walking toward God, I mean, before, like within the process of your first step toward God, what happens is you realize not only are you walking toward God, you're also walking with God, right? It's, it, it almost doesn't make sense, right? It's like, how are you going to walk with somebody that you're walking toward and you're not there yet? How in the world does that happen? I, I haven't even really taken my full first step, and you're telling me I'm walking toward God, but I'm also working or walking with God. How does that play out? How does that play out? It's the Holy Spirit. When you deny yourself, when you reject sin, and you turn towards God, and you begin taking your first step of faith, right? This is where faith comes in. You know what God does? God gives you his Holy Spirit. And Paul makes the point multiple times, the Holy Spirit is God. Right here in this passage, two times, right? The Holy Spirit is the Lord. And so what happens is the very person you're walking toward is now the very person you're walking with. And he's helping you to do that. It's amazing. It's wonderful. 
And so with your eyes open for the first time, you see the beauty of the gospel. You see the pain that Jesus went through. You see the cost. You see the sacrifice. You see the weight. But you also see the joy. Right? Faith in Christ opens your eyes to all of that. And then Paul says when your eyes are opened by faith, the Spirit, who is God, by the way, right? The Spirit is the Lord. The Spirit is the Lord. Twice he says that. The Spirit then brings freedom into your life. Now, what's amazing is that freedom is twofold, okay? The freedom is twofold. First, it's a freedom from, okay? It's a freedom from. It's a freedom from sin. It's freedom from being ruled by self, freedom from opposing God, freedom from death, freedom from condemnation, freedom from guilt, freedom from blindness, right? All of those things and more, freedom from, but there's also freedom to, it's a freedom from, but it's a freedom to. It's a freedom to love God. It's a freedom to serve others. It's a freedom to, to truly live for the very first time, to experience what life actually looks like. Right? It's a freedom to see truth. It's a freedom to enjoy God. It's a freedom to tell others about what Christ has done in your life and that he can do the exact same thing in theirs. Right? And so what's interesting is the freedom that the Spirit brings is ongoing, and it's increasing. You and I gaze upon. It's ongoing and it's increasing. Paul actually wrote in verse 18 that as you and I gaze upon Christ's glory, he says, You are being transformed into the same image. You're being transformed into the character of Christ. You become more like him. Now, what's really interesting about this Greek word transformed in this verse is it's got two things going for it. One, it's in the present tense. Some of you guys are going, Ooh. <laughs> and the other thing is this. It's passive. Oh, <laughs> okay. You're not as excited about that as I am. But here, let me tell you what that means. Present tense means that it is always happening. It is ongoing. It is unending. It never stops. And the passive is this. It's something that's being done to you. The Holy Spirit is actually beginning the process of transformation in your life, and then you respond, right? And so it's like the Spirit speaks, and we step. The Spirit initiates, and we say yes, right? It's the Spirit who's drawing us more and more to God, making us more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. Uh, one theologian wrote this, and I think it's actually really helpful. He says that many Christians have lost or never learned a sound doctrine of regeneration. They believe that the only thing that matters is their standing with God or with the church. They assume that a past decision for Christ or a decision to affiliate with a congregation determines their standing with God. And then having made that decision, they make no effort to allow the Spirit to renew them. Right? And so you, when you do that, you miss out on the joy of the Spirit speaking, and then you step. The Spirit drawing your heart ever more to the Lord and you responding with yes. Sensing the transformation and pressing into it as opposed to resisting it. Right? That's what he's writing about. And he, he continues to say this, Through the Spirit, we're able now to live a more Christ-like life. To join in Christ's saving enterprise and to bring greater glory to God. That's what freedom in the Holy Spirit looks like, by the way. That's what the freedom looks like always becoming more and more like Jesus. It never ends. It never stops. 
And so helping the blind to see, that's what Paul's writing about, pointing people to faith in Jesus Christ alone, freedom through the Holy Spirit. This, this is what we do, right? That's what we do here at Lighthouse Community. This is what it means to say yes to Jesus' leadership in your life. This has been the heartbeat of Lighthouse Community from the very beginning. And quite frankly, it's one of the greatest ways that any one of us will ever use our lives is to help people engage in this. In fact, our greatest work as individuals, our greatest work as a church family is praying for and putting the gospel in front of other people, right? Making that really clear. Putting it in front of the people who live in our cities, putting it in front of the people who live in our counties, putting it in front of the people who, who live in this world, right? Like just letting them know about who Jesus is, and we partner with the Holy Spirit for freedom. You know, when Jesus was walking this earth, he said, I came to give, bring good news to the poor. I came to proclaim freedom to the captives. I came to give sight to the blind. And that's why we started Lighthouse Community five years ago. It's one of the reasons we work and we pray so hard for the gospel here, right? It's one of the reasons actually why we purchased 10.7 acres on County Road 99, right? Just to the north a few miles. It's one of the reasons we're designing a new ministry center. It's one of the reasons we have the hopes and intentions of building a a new ministry location, right? Because we're, we're building to change lives, right? It's a slogan, it's a tagline, but it's true, right? It's real. It's legitimate. And so we're building so that our family and friends will have an opportunity to see Christ. We're building so that our coworkers and our neighbors can hear the gospel. We're building so that people we haven't even met yet can have a family who will walk with them and be present in their lives. Now, maybe you're wondering, right? You're going, okay, I, I guess I kind of see that, but Why? Help me understand. Help me to see a little bit more. Why would we build a new building? Well, to help you kind of see a little bit more, I want you just to take a quick look at this brief video. Before Lighthouse, we wondered and prayed aloud about what God might be calling us to do. What if we stepped out in faith? trusting that God would work through us in our city? What if we joined God in his mission to rescue people from sin by starting a new work at the Lighthouse? We watched as 67 volunteers from Living Hope Church caught the vision and over nine weeks spent 2,800 hours to create a church in the Lighthouse building. We teared up together as five people said yes to Jesus, that first preview service on Christmas Eve. Five people walked in the door spiritually lost and walked out in hope. At that moment, we knew that it was not just a dream. God was with Lighthouse Community. Each week, we see the miracle of God's grace as lives are changed for eternity. But we know that our current building has become a barrier to many who need hope. There is simply not enough room for people at Lighthouse Community. What is the value of a child who crosses the line of faith and learns to walk with Jesus? 
How do you measure life change as people enter baptism and celebrate communion together in newly found hope? What is the eternal impact of people saying yes to Jesus each day in many ways? God has given us 10.7 acres on County Road 99, and we are planning a church that continues to reach the people with the gospel. Our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, our families, people for whom Jesus died, that's why we are building to change lives. From the beginning, we knew that Lighthouse Community would be a place with open doors, a place of refuge for those seeking hope in a broken world, but also an equipping place that prepares believers to share the gospel. The mission of Lighthouse Community is not changing. God is in this. We will need the help of the entire church family to make this vision a reality. Together, we are partners with God and with each other for the gospel. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. The fields are white unto harvest. We, 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 we are building, we, are building. We are building. We are building. To change lives. 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 We are building to change lives. And so that's why, right? That's why. Um, we believe that God's calling us to do that. And there's a practical reason behind that too, right? Like, we're just out of room here, right? Here, you might not know this, but whenever a church reaches 70% capacity in either its kids' area, its worship area, its interior traffic flow, right? Like the common areas, welcome area, all that kind of stuff, or in its parking, any one of those four, a church begins to slow in its growth and can actually stagnate and begin to decline. Why? Well, because the rooms are what are known as uncomfortably full, and there's not, right, and I come in, and I'm a newer person, it's like, I don't see a space for me, or it's really hard for me to find a seat, right, uh, somewhere, and so it's like, I, maybe I'll struggle to find one, but I don't know if I'm going to come back next week if it's going to be this full, and so people start kind of bouncing off, and, and they don't return. Listen, we are at 70% capacity or above in all four areas, our kids, our worship, our welcome area, our parking. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's something okay to say. Like, yeah, that's cool because God's doing something amazing. And we've got to also figure it out because there's 50,000 plus people who deserve, who, who, who not necessarily deserve, but Jesus has given the gift 
of an opportunity to hear about his, uh, about his salvation and his grace. I mean, think about this. If, you work on, if you're part of the Lighthouse Kids team, am I right? <laughs> right? Like, am I right? Uh, the nursery, the preschool area, the kids' room are routinely like really full. I've seen parents who have their kids, and they kind of look in there and go, nope, not today. <laughs> right? They're like putting them in with pry bars, uh, you know, getting them in there. Um, and so, you know, we're already at two services. We've slowed on going to three because we love our our volunteers, right? Three services is a lot for, for people. And so, um, so we're slow to that. We, la- we already launched another location in Bluffton, both to reach new people, but also to send a team and alleviate some space here, right? And so right now, we've run a lot of the options that are there. So building a new larger ministry center is, is the best ne- next step. Another reason we're doing that is because it's going to help us be able to train people in ministry, Leadership and in church planting, right? So this new location is going to have classroom space for that. Uh, we, don't, we don't have that now. And so what we'll be able to do is we'll be able to identify launch teams sooner and prepare them for planting churches all across this region. And by the way, church planting is still the best way to reach new people who haven't heard the gospel. This is one of the, the best ways to penetrate into the 50,000 with the gospel. And so reaching that number is going to take a lot of churches, and this is a great step towards that. Now, how do we get from here to County Road 99? Well, that's what Building to Change Lives is really all about. That's, that's the centerpiece on that. Um, building to Change Lives is an all-church family giving initiative. And so what we're doing is we're asking the entire family, Lighthouse community, Bluffton community, and Living Hope, right, to come together and to consider joining this three-year giving commitment. And I know that's a big ask, but it's a big vision, right? It's a, it's, it's a big vision for our county. Now, some people, what they're going to consider is they're going to consider giving out of things like, uh, like their assets, like investments, or uh, maybe they've got a portion of their retirement account, or even they'll sell uh, land or a home that they just aren't really leveraging anymore and do that. But other people are going to give out of budget. And so what they'll do is they'll reduce some of their spending on a hobby or something they consider as an extra so that they can give weekly or they can give monthly. Uh, I actually know of one family in our church family uh, where uh, the wife, uh, they've agreed, but the wife is giving up uh, three and a half months of her salary from her part-time job and just forwarding that to Lighthouse Community, specifically for the building of County Road 99. That's what they prayed about, and they said that that's what we're going to be doing. And so, um, you know, that's, that's one way that they're doing it. And, and everybody's going to have an opportunity to consider joining building to change lives. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to pray and listen to what God would have you to do. I want you to hear this really quick, uh, very clearly. There are no sales tactics here. There's no guilt. There's no pressure. There is no compulsion at all. This is simply, here's the process. Hey, will you consider? Will you pray about it? And if God is leading you to join this thing, will you step out in faith and jump in on it? Right? That's, that's the process, because we want everybody to give from a place of joy and of hope rather than guilt. And so one way that we'd like to share the vision 
uh, outside of Sunday morning is through what we're calling home visits. And so this is simply an opportunity where you get to meet with one of your friends and ask them questions about the vision, ask them questions about the process and the future, and to pray together. And then what will happen at the end of that, your friend is going to leave you a packet of information for you to look at and to consider with your family and to pray about what might God be leading us to do, right? And so literally, here's what this is. This is friends getting together and talking about ministry. That's it. It's friends getting together, praying, and talking about ministry, and dreaming about what God might do uh, in this new initiative. So if you're like, I think I'd like to receive and be on the, on the list of get one of these home visits, what I'd invite you to do is that blue connection card that Josh mentioned earlier. Grab that. Uh, look on the back. There's a section back there that says, I'd like a home visit uh, for building to change lives. Check that box. Make sure your information on the front is good, and then uh, we'll get a hold of you, and, and we'll set something up that works on your schedule and works with your time. Um, but just to just to talk about it and to pray about it. But to, to see this thing realized, right? it's going to take all of us trusting God together, praying together, sharing the vision with one another, right, and trusting God together. So five years ago, we took a step of faith. right? And, and I'll just be very transparent with you. We were not 100% sure on whether this thing was going to work or not. <laughs> we, just, we didn't know, right? Um, and so let me tell you this. The risk is worth, has been worth it. The risk has been worth it. Uh, worshiping with you today and this morning, it is worth it to see the lives that have been transformed. Right? I want you to think about this. In five years, how many hundreds of people have come to faith because of that step of faith? How many people have had their veil removed? How many people have started hearing God's voice through Scripture? How many people have rejected religion and started enjoying grace? How many people have been baptized, have started reading the Bible, have begun praying, right? Are growing in vibrant relationships with the Lord? How many families are experiencing restoration and healing? How many men and women are finding freedom from things like pornography and addiction and greed, right? And all of these things that have been weighing them down. How many believers have discovered their spiritual gifts and started serving other people? How many have started sharing the gospel for the very first time in their life and they've seen God move in remarkable ways? All because we trusted God five years ago. And we said yes, and we've kept saying yes. And so we have a new way that we can trust God today. So my question is this, how many more will experience freedom in Christ because we take a step of faith as a family? That's, that's why we're building, guys. It's, it's, in the, it's, right, it's in the tagline. We're building simply to change lives. That's what this is about. And I hope that you will jump in on this journey. I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. We ask this question every Sunday. It's simply, Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? And I want to give you an opportunity to listen to what he's saying to you. We love praying for one another here at Lighthouse Community.
And so what we're going to do is the band's going to come and lead us in one more song. And we're going to have prayer partners who are going to be available in every corner of the room. We'll have one up here by the cross, one up here on my left, your right, one back by the sound booth, and another one back by the double doors. And, and we're simply here and available to pray with you about any area of your life, right? Um, it could be about um, a situation that you're facing, a, a relationship. Uh, maybe you're praying, you're asking God for wisdom and guidance on what, what do I do with this? What does this look like? Or, you know, I want to pray for a friend or a family member who the veil is still over their heart. And I'm asking God to remove it, that they would come to faith. Uh, it, and just like communion, you don't have to be a member to receive prayer here at Lighthouse Community. Um, and you don't ever have to be embarrassed to want to receive prayer. Every single one of us, we need prayer. And so don't hesitate. So if you'd like to receive prayer in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat, go to one of these corners, and our prayer leaders are ready to pray with you. Let me pray for you first. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.